Hello, everyone, and welcome aboard the Gilded Lily. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down here at our desks, pick up a quill, and pretend to be someone we're not, using these uh, funny-shaped rocks with numbers on them. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. This one here is about a few college roommates who abandon higher education and accidentally become pirates. Well, hopefully the good kind. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. We loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories independent of the lore and problematic content that often comes with these Dungeons & Dragons as you pull them out of the box. In short, it just means that we use dice to decide what happens next to our funny little characters. What adventures will our rascals get into this week? I think it will just be a pleasant trip to the grocery store. Well, let's roll some dice and find out. Together. Hello, this is Neil, reporting in for... Um, Neil, you, you don't have to say hello every time. Oh. Well, this is Neil, reporting in for Kilted Daily. Today, I sat in on interview with bossman Kuthan. We talked to three book-smart wizards. I do not like this magic is done. Zira's magic is about people's names. I do not understand this. Ioana's magic is about looking into future. I wonder if she can read fortune. They have much muscle and big arms. Ioana and Zira look like they hit like horse. Both are strong. I like this. Or Riley with W tells good stories. He is secret necromancer. Shh, do not tell, or I will be trouble with boss men. At the end of interview, I play Drake on records. I held in sneeze for 20 whole minutes. They had no idea I was hiding in corner during interview. I think I was invisible. Anyways, we are good to see Gillian. The halfling hammer man who makes good weapon. Maybe he will have hammer for me, I don't know. Goodbye book, I am done. <sighs> Thank you, Neil. Log complete, day two. Hey, we're in. Cool. Okay. Um, to do a brief recap, the three of you traveled from your homes in the Overcity of New Business, specifically the Jubilance District, and you made your way to the Undercity, specifically on a lead, one that might get you out of town for a little while. This was a job interview. You went to Sashi's, the sushi place, and met with someone in the back office. 
This someone was an apeling by the name of Kothak. Each of you spent some time pitching yourselves to Kothak and why you wanted to work with his ship and how you might be useful to them. At the end of the interviews, some information about the ship's true identity was unveiled to Riley, um, the young wizard boy. And after showing you, you showed you could be discreet a little. And Kothak agreed to hire the three of you. At that moment, um, an invisible individual appeared behind Kothak, who was kind of watching this interview process. And Kothak gave you all a job. He gave you a bag of gold and told you to go into the Undercity. 10, 15 minute walk from where you currently are, maybe at the longest. Um, After some time, the three of you, along with this new individual you've met, who you now know is named Neil, you've made your way to a small blacksmith kind of ironworks built into the side of the Undercity walls. Um, above your head, again, is the dark and looming ceiling of the Undercity Cavern. The streets around you are lit with um, arcane lamps that are kind of bathing this, the Undercity in kind of this subtle orange glow. And right now, the three of you with Neil stand outside of this ironworks. In front of you is what looks to be kind of a brutish structure carved directly into the wall of this mountain. At first glance, you might have even thought it was some kind of mine entrance or maintenance tunnel. But with some pretty simple inspection, you can see that um, you can see that stamped into the door is Gillian Hammerpoint. And, and in front of you is this large kind of steel door that's built into the wall, probably about four feet across, six feet high. What would you all like to do? It, it's getting late uh does it does it seem like uh the place is is open for business with a quick look you can see that beneath the door of this there is a flickering kind of orange light signifying that there's light coming from the inside so it might be open there's no signs or clearly like it's not well marketed clearly (laughs) is this is this a, a a rough neighborhood it might be, but uh, we're here to do business, and let's we'll be... go in. Yes, we'll be safer in this rough neighborhood when we are not. And I lower my voice when we're not carrying a bag of gold around. Um, and uh, I try the door if it's if it's open. Oh, sh- shouldn't we knock? Oh, okay. Um, you reach forward to the handle and give it a tug, and it like there's a groan. The hinges of this door are clearly not oiled. And it slowly swings open. And ahead of you, you see a small carved tunnel. It probably goes about 30 feet. On the wall, there are like oil rag torches. Some are lit, some are not. They kind of light the way down the tunnel. And in the distance, you can see um, the warm orange light of a forge. Um, probably about the center of a large room, just at the end of this little walkway tunnel. It's a little hard to tell exactly what else is in there without making your way forward. But you can see that there's inside, you can hear um, voices. Okay, uh, I'm going to kind of like announce our arrival uh, because, well, yes, I did not knock. That's not very polite. Uh, so I'm going to like uh, shout towards the forge and I'm like, hello, hello, are you still open for business? Can you roll me a perception check? Uh-huh. Yes. 
Well, that's a five. <laughs> Starting strong. Um, would anyone else like to roll me perception checks as well? I will. Actually, you know what? No. What are your passive perceptions? That's a better way to handle this. It's not good. Uh, Eleven. Ten. Ten. Okay. (laughs) Nobody with wisdom in this party. I wouldn't be in the predicament I'm in if uh, Hmm? if I was wise. (laughs) Um, You hear the murmuring voices clearly come to a stop. Um, And you hear a voice echo from further into this space. Um, about the voice bounces off the rocky walls with a bit of a shaky temper to it. Hello, uh, y- yes, we, we, we're closed. I'm sorry, we have a very urgent business and we'll, we'll it's really tomorrow. worth your while. Uh, we are willing to pay quite a hefty sum for uh, what we want to order. It's really time sensitive. It's, it's, no, it's fine if you, if you don't, if you can't. Uh, no, it's not. We need to get done. Find another shop. We were instructed to go here. You hear... Wait, wait, wait. Because, um, the, the, you said the voice is shaky. Uh, yes. Uh, can I roll something to see if, if I suspect any, like, foul play? Any, any trouble happening there? It, does this person sound scared? Roll me an inside check. Is Nil still with us? Yeah. Well, that's a natural one. Um, your best bet, they might be old. Maybe. Okay, I don't want to be shouting across the corridor. I would like to go where I can see this person that I'm talking to. Also, if they're old, they probably are not very, uh, you know, they, they can't hear very well, maybe. If we have to fight, we can take them. Oh, fight? It's <laughs> okay. We're not fighting anybody. Come on. We have um, money to spend and we need to do it now. All of you make your way forward through this tunnel. What's the marching order? Last. First. Okay. Okay. I guess I'm in the middle. <laughs> um, you guys are like in height order. <laughs> yeah. There's gotta um, be other places to, to get stuff. So with- Wait, how tall is Neil? If we're keeping the height order, she, he should be four foot seven. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of him being like this, not yeah, super like five, tall. Six. Yeah, like Maybe he's badass. Like, medium height but he's built like a truck oh i'm six feet yeah so he would be behind you um okay Okay. the four of you make your way forward um and with riley nervously whispering behind you can hear the voices getting a little bit louder and as you kind of step in the the voices come to a stop and you can see before you is what looks to be some kind of forge like forgery in the middle of the room, there is a very, very, very large pit with um, kind of some molten rock in it. Um, there's a looks to be a clear, like a ventilation shaft carved into the ceiling to send smoke up. Um, and around this, there are a variety of different like workstations and kind of tools. Some of them, um, have any of you had any experience being near a blacksmith before? No. No. Okay, so a lot of these tools, you can't really tell what they are for other than what they seem like they clearly do. There's one station that looks like it's clearly meant for smashing because there's a big like piece of metal kind of suspended that has some kind of mechanical piece to it that, you know, stamps things. Um, mm-hmm. You can see there's another, po- there's another station that looks like it's made for simply cooling things. There's um, big buckets of water that are steaming kind of in the heat and these kinds of things. But around the room, you see large barrels. You see a workstation that 
looks like it's made to design some kind of steel shaped things. You can see that there are what look to be half-made cannons um, in production that are kind of hanging from chains, just kind of suspended off the ground. And there are little tool like shelves that have been pushed over. And this is clearly a work in progress. But ahead of you, right by the forge, you can see a very short individual, um, a half leg. They have a goatee and a little curled mustache. Um, they're wearing simple clothes. They're currently wearing like um, a blacksmith's kind of apron, that kind of large, thick, heavy duty leather that you see. And next to them on an, uh, an anvil nearby is a pair of discarded thick leather gloves. And they are standing there with a woman. This woman is dressed in kind of these thin, very, very thin cotton pants, um, a simple but rugged, like tan, uh, tan shirt um, draped across their belt. You can clearly see there is a curved sword um, along with some pouches and vials. And you can see there are, Ilana, what is your passive perception? Also 10. You see these black orbs on, like draped from this woman's belt. In this kind of dark light backlit by the orange, it's hard to see exact features of her, but you can see pointed ears. Um, she turns to regard you and then looks down at this halfling. The halfling goes, um, "Hi, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't think you you heard me. Um, we are c closed." And you can see that they're kind of motioning their hands together, like nervously rubbing their knuckles as they're speaking to you. Uh, oh, we're, well. we're sorry. Oh. Uh, could you refer us to another uh, the sh shop that would help us out? Uh, and then we'll be on our, on our way. <laughs> We're looking to buy cannons and black powder. Um, as you say this, you see this woman turn to face all of you and look, look you over. And at the same time, you also notice that um, this halfling looks, looks up to the woman with a bit of nervousness in his face and then looks around the room. Can I get perception checks from everyone? Mm-hmm. Well, this, this guy betrayed me twice today. Ooh, 19. Uh, per perception? Ooh, six. 14. Just, just use mine. Okay, um, Riley, you don't notice, maybe just because you're looking directly at this woman, but Semazira and Yoana, you both notice immediately. Kind of standing in the shadows of tall pillars and other, you know, large pieces of machinery in here that are kind of casting a long shadow because of the, the warm orange light from the forge. You can see the shadows of a couple individuals not doing anything, just watching um, off to your left and right. Is there some kind of trouble here? Oh, uh, no, I... no, 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 no trouble at all. No, no, there is no trouble. I promise you that. Are you sure? And when I'm speaking to him, I am not looking at him. I'm looking at the woman. Are you quite sure? Is there maybe something that we could help with? Um, roll me a persuasion check. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 11. 11. <clears throat> Gillian, well, now you know is Gillian, clearly the owner of this place, opens his mouth to say something, and the woman standing next to him raises her hand. And he immediately quiets. His mouth closes. Um, he, he flinches a little. And she says, You are in need of cannons. Yes? Indeed. Yes. Yes. Are you also a blacksmith? Shaking head nervously. I am not. But 
I have experience with the tool. I kind of look at her expectantly. How about this? There is a weaponsmith a little bit deeper into the Undercity, in the Hive, which you all would know is kind of the... Um, it's almost like the military installation at the back of the this building. It's kind of where the government, like a lot of the governing bodies of the kind of this Undercity are stationed. It's a large, large structure, like honeycombed, like a beehive built into the back of the wall. Um, they call it the Hive because you can see light pouring out of all these open holes and you can constantly see shadows buzzing by of people who are working this building or working this structure in the back. And she says, how about you turn around, take your money elsewhere, and we can all pretend that this never happened. Hmm? Uh, I take a step forward and what? I say, what? how about you tell me who you are? That is not important. What never happened, if I may be so bold? You see a grin. I kind of look at both of them with pride because they are being very, um, very brave and proactive right now. <laughs> I don't like her look. Yeah, she looks weird, doesn't she? No, I'm talking about you. Out, out of the four of you, oh, um, which one do you think would be kind of exerting the most authority? Oh, it's definitely mm. not me. Maybe me? <laughs> Probably. Either me or Neil, because you said Neil feel like a chuck, so... <laughs> Can I have... Neil's not talking. <laughs> Neil's built like a um, a compact truck. Like a Tonka. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little Tonka truck. <laughs> He's the Tonka truck. He said taco truck. Um, <laughs> can I have a wisdom saving throw from you? From Sen? me? Yep. Oh no. Oh no. You sure you want me to do wisdom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 14. Okay. You see this woman kind of step forward and look you in the eyes. And she goes, Dear, take you and your friends away from here for your safety and theirs. And for a moment, like you're looking over this this woman and there's like a silkiness to her voice that wasn't there before. Her eyes are a little more vibrant than they were a few seconds ago. And you get like a scent of like fresh fruit in the air, something that's calming. And you realize at this exact moment, she just tried to coerce you with magic. It was very subtle. And it didn't work. It did not work. Yeah. Her words were laced uh, with power. Can I use... Can I use friends on her? <laughs> you can try if you're subtle. You would. Need, I would say if you wanted to not be noticed, you will need to use a sleight of hand. Actually, friends might just be a. Friends is a cantrip. Yeah. Yes. Friends is a cantrip. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I'm looking for. Well, what I'm looking for is the. Um, it has somatic Charisma. and material component. Okay, so Ooh, if you sleight of hand. if you want friends to work, you're gonna have to do a sleight of hand. Not work, but make it so that she doesn't notice. So I need to roll a sleight of hand? Yeah, because there, there's a there's a somatic component, which means you have to move your hands to make it work. Um, the spell specifically describes, like, you using makeup or something, like putting makeup on your face. Like, maybe something, undo- like, it could be literally anything. It could be you just crunching a bit of powdered makeup in between your fingers. But... Does Sem have makeup? Well, it, it's it's a material component of the spell. You don't have to have it and use it as a person. It's just something you would have on you as part of, you know, I might need this spell. Yeah. Therefore. 
What I still need is if I use an arcane focus, what I still need components. Oh, it does not have a component cost. So no, you still have to move your hands though. Because ah, okay. it's like a, so what's your sleight of hand roll? Uh, eight. That's enough. That's enough. Hold on, I gotta grab a book. I didn't expect this stat block to come up so soon. It most likely is in. Oh no! No! <laughs> oh dear! This is fine. We just found an enemy. A health bar is deep red and has a skull next to it. Deep red is usually good, actually. Now, if it was green, that's a problem because then it goes green, yellow, red, and that's three health bars. Um. So you raised. You kind of. What does it look like when you cast the spell? Remember, you have to use your hands in some way. Um. But the fact that you have an arcane focus is kind of bypassing the need for like components. Uh, I take my hand out of my pocket and I kind of like rub my eyebrow a little bit mm -hmm. while I'm talking. Is that, is that good enough? Okay. Yeah. What do you say? Um, so, so yeah, I rub my eyebrow and I say, how about you let me and my friends just buy what we got to buy and we'll be out of your hair. No harm, no foul. Um, as you're rubbing your eyebrow, you see, um, a knowing kind of smirk roll across this woman's face and she goes, darling, that just, that will not do. We tried this the easy way. Now it's going to be hard. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. We didn't do anything. <laughs> Please, uh, just like, let's all calm down. I don't know what makes you think that Sam did anything. And, and I think we should all just be calm. And we literally just want to buy. And I use charm. Go. I use charm, charm person. person. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So first, <laughs> as you're casting this at her, one, what does it look like? Because you're about to s kick off this scene. Oh no. I I Just... kind of like hurriedly walk between them mm -hmm. and putting my hands up to both of them, but looking at the, the woman. Okay. And um, it's only visual and as a somatic, right? What's that yep. mean? Verbal. 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 No, verbal and what's somatic? Just sight? Yes. Somatic is your hands, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I'm just saying, eh, we can be friends here. <laughs> we just wanted some stuff, and if that's, if we aren't allowed to, if they're closed, guys, they're closed. And I, I'm just like, kind of waving my hand at her, kind of like, eh, stay back, please. Okay. Please don't hurt. <laughs> You're waving your hand at her, and what is it, a wisdom saving throw? Yeah, wisdom save, and that would be a 12. Um. So as you're saying this, you see the woman's posture shift and change and he goes you are so full of tricks that was wonderful and as she finishes her sentence you can tell that your coercion has stuck briefly um she's regarding you in a friendly manner her, her body language her posture uh, everything about her right now has just shifted a little bit to she feels friendly to you and as that happens you you all hear the like the tight snaps of bowstrings. Oh. And good is it? Sam, what's your armor class? Oh my god. Um, twelve. Oh no. You will take nine piercing damage. <gasps> um. So Sam, you feel a crossbow bolt like cut right past your waist and hit you hard in the side. It doesn't get stuck in, but it's also not like really deep in. It just grazes right through your side and tears off, tears a piece of you. Um, Ioana, 
as you're hearing the bowstrings, you're kind of, I guess your danger sense kicks in. Um, you only take one point of damage from this arrow. What does that look like? Uh, I guess uh, because my, of my danger sense, I'm, I'm able to turn at the last moment and it just grazes my shoulder, uh, just leaving a small cut on my arm. Okay, yep, that's perfect. So you do a quick spin and as this happens, you see the, the crossbow bolt like just barely nicks your shoulder and you realize that these figures kind of hiding in the shadows of the machinery all had crossbows drawn on you, but you couldn't really tell because of how dark this room is. Um, Riley, you take eight damage as oh um, a crossbow bolt hits you as well. How does, what does this damage look like? Yeah, uh, I'd assume that it would go like right into his thigh and he would go knock down on one knee, still raising his hand. Okay. Um, you go down on one knee and you see the, the, the woman you have charmed a look of surprise goes over her eyes and she goes, no, leave, leave him, get deal with the rest. Um, and she draws her sword. Can I get it in an initiative roll? Yeah. Oh, uh, really want. Jeez, get, I'm not rolling real dice at the park. <laughs> <laughs> three. I got 11. Okay. By the way, uh, are we uh, using different uh, sort of nickname for Zira? Because we previously called Zira Zira. Yeah, Sam. Zira, sorry. It will be Zira. I was trying to use her full name. Um, that way I normalize the full name and uh, Sam Zira's friends normalize, you know, the friendly show. Okay, name. okay, 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 got it. My leg hurts. <laughs> you doing all right there, bud? Oh, uh, <laughs> took me down to have? I am on death's door right now. <laughs> oh god. Oh really? Oh, cause you're a wizard. Oh no. You're wizards! <laughs> I forgot you're all wizards. <laughs> no, this is bad. Bring it. Bring it's okay, it. it's okay, it's okay. Hold we on. We need rewrites in the script. No. <laughs> I'm about to have 64 hit points effectively, so... <laughs> I had to figure out what Neil's stat block was. Oh, Neil, oh my god. If we get Neil killed, we're going to be in deep shit. We're not going to be able to go back if Neil doesn't make it. I'm not even going to get to go back. All right. Mike, Mikey <laughs> will have to rewrite the entire campaign. We're not getting on this ship. <laughs> so much blood. You weren't actually the character getting on the ship. That's coming next episode. <laughs> so much blood everywhere. This is the one thing I... Wow. Okay. Aha! Neil, rescue us! <laughs> from our stupidity. Mm -mm. Hey there, adventurers, and welcome to the mid-roll. I hope you're enjoying the fun so far. If you enjoy our show, please take the time to support us by following us on Twitter, reviewing us on Podchaser, or iTunes, or, you know, just telling your friends about us. Storytelling is our passion, and I want to bring that passion to as many people as possible. If you'd like to learn more about the show, or name your very own NPC that's non-player character, check out our website at www.toapodcast.com. This week, I want to give another shout out to this amazing show called Top of the Round. They've been with us since day one, and their show is phenomenal. They have such a spooky, tense encounter vibe, and I absolutely love it. Take it away, Kenan. 
Hi there, I'm Kenan, and I'm the DM for Top of the Round. We are a homebrew, character-driven, actual play podcast, fueled by the power of D&D 5e. What happens when a naive druid, an orphaned monk, and a mysterious drought elf are roped into becoming a mailman for a goddess? Join Talus. As you know, my bosses aren't the most merciful people. Chaz. Hey, do you guys know where I could find a map of everywhere? And Seku. We might as well try. It's the worst thing that could happen is we could die. Find us wherever you listen to a podcast. Episodes drop every Monday. Hope to see you soon. All right. Let's get back to the show. Okay. So um, first off in this combat order, as the crossbow bolts dip through the air, this is what we see. Yolanda, as you're turning to see the crossbow bolt tear through your shoulder and you look towards this thug, you just see a blur and shining off of the off of like the orange firelight of this forge you see what looks to be like a, a bronze color reflecting in the light it happens so quickly you don't even you're not entirely sure what it even is oh my god um and in this blur you see now reflecting off of neil's bald head is the orange light again and with one quick jab you just hear a crunch and you see this person, their 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 head impacts with the side of the machinery and they're knocked unconscious immediately. Um, next up in the order is Zira. A crossbow bolt just grazed through your side. You see the woman in front of you, her stance has kind of changed a little. She seems to be being friendly with Riley for some reason. On either side of you, you can hear crossbow bolts being like pulled taut. What would you like to do? Can I see where, where either one of those people are? Um, roll me a perception check. I won't count this as an action or anything because you were aware that they were there. It's more or less getting an accurate count. And they rolled very low on their stealth, so. Yeah, I got a two. Um, so looking to your left, you can see two um, of these kind of figures standing in shadow. Um, you can't entirely tell what they look like. But you can tell there's two on your left, like on the left side of the wall, if you're walking in. And with a quick quick glance over your shoulder, you can see there were two on the right. Neil has just knocked one unconscious immediately. All right, so for the two that are on my left, we use magic missile. Okay, um, so roll me that damage. Can you see it? Yeah, uh, f- five force damage a piece. Okay, so each of those thugs, so you get what, three darts? Are, are you trying to hit each one that is good? Hmm? Uh, I wanna throw two at the one I'm, I'm only focusing on the two that are on the left so i want to two at the one that's on the most left and then one at the other okay so the one that's on the most left will take 10 force damage um the one on the right will take five um what does it look like as these what or better question what does your magic missile look like my magic missile they're like purple glowing mm, orbs i guess you can say or, okay or ball, doesn't matter and i just chuck them at it with the throwing i love it so like you have a a handful of these orbs and you just let loose and they zip to their targets um with quick hard impacts again they're in shadow and you can't entire entirely tell based on the lighting here do you have dark vision actually yes i do oh okay then you can see them fine um um you can see the one that you have targeted in particular is um a woman uh human and the one on the right that you have also hit is um, a human man. A little bit more grizzled, like short kind of military cut hair. Um, but now that we, you have dark vision and you can see clearly, 
There's one thing you notice among all of their clothing that's pretty uniform at the moment. They are all wearing the insignia of the Emporo, which is oh. kind of the military of the city. Though, what I can say you do catch is that their, their outfits and their kind of uniforms look old and kind of worn and tattered. They're, they're beat up in places where you wouldn't expect an Emporo who is in the city to be, you know, beat up looking. Something's off about it. Okay. Um, next up in the order, we have Ioana. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I do not have dark vision, so I probably don't have a chance to see uh, uh, anything about their outfits. Um, so uh, I see Riley on the floor next to me and also this uh, halfling blacksmith, probably terrified. So I would like to draw my sword. I would like to... Uh, the sword is really, really big. Uh, mm -hmm. And I would like to uh, point it at the neck of the woman that we were talking to. And I want to tell her can you please tell them to stop shooting at us? And I also would like to enter into a rage. Okay. We better do it. So I'm trying to intimidate her. I don't know if okay. uh, um, this is even something that can possibly happen right now, but I would like to try. Um, I will say yes, it will be a disadvantage because they have you outnumbered and they've already hurt you. Yeah, so you can roll me an intimidation check with disadvantage. Does my charm help? Charm is for you, not her. Charm helps me, not you. Charm for friends. Okay, that's yeah. gonna be only 14. Um, okay. As you say this, maybe it's the charm, um, but they see, this woman, she sees that you're friendly with um, Riley and kind of, car, kind of regards you a little bit more kindly and takes a step back and she goes, no, hold, hold your fire. Everyone stop. And so what do you do in this moment? Because I know you, you've gone into a rage. Does that take your action? That's a bonus action. Bonus action. Okay, so you still have an action. What would you like to do? Uh, I would like to uh, position myself so that I'm uh, kind of protecting and shielding uh, Riley and, and, if possible, also the, the halfling. Okay, uh, um, the halfling... Possible. The halfling's a little bit too far away. The halfling is actually behind. Okay. The all right. Woman. All right. So I want to, to kind of stand over Riley to make sure that uh, I offer at least a little bit of protection. Okay. And I'm going to hold my action. Actually, uh, okay. if uh, hostilities resume, I am going to attack this woman. Okay. Um, so with your intimidation check, she says this, and you see a look of confusion kind of foil over her brow a little bit. Um, I'm she can roll. see my, my like my, my hands gripping the sword, mm -hmm. uh, re ready to strike at any provocation at this moment, and I am breathing hard and furious. Um, okay, so you looking ready to go? Um, remind me, what did you roll on the intimidation? Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, so I just rolled an insight check. Now, because you did, did seem like a threat, which slowed her down a bit. Um, and she's charmed by Riley, which is kind of confusing in this situation. Um, and she's aware that Riley charmed her too. Um, but again, because the charm, it seemed like she was kind of impressed by it, not necessarily, you know, totally blind to what happened. Um, so I rolled a 15 plus two, 17. So she looks you up and down and she goes, you are a crafty, crafty bunch. You could serve useful. 
take them alive. Okay, I attack. Okay, what's your attack look like? Uh, just a big swing with the sword, but uh, trying to be very precise. I'm I'm trying to do as much damage as I can to her. Um, ah, that's fourteen, which probably is not going to hit. Um, so you you take this big sword. Is it like an overhand blow, I guess, or like you just doing like a sweep? Uh, like uh, diagonally from from the side. Okay. From um, above, from from above my shoulder down. Okay. So you take you take a step towards her. You're within melee range now, and you yeah. go to do this sweep. And as it happens, you see her. Um, a smile, again, kind of crosses her face. You are good. And with a very quick pull from her belt. She draws the rapier and puts it against the side of your blade and like turns with the weight of her body to deflect your blade down into the ground. The like the the hard or the caked dirt of the floor in here. And your sword kind of sticks into the soil as you dislodge it. Then you see her take a step back away from you. Like out of your melee range. So I'm getting an attack of opportunity. Um no. You notice something odd as your as your sword is in the ground and you're uplifting it. You lift up and with very quick and light footwork, she's already out of your range. Ah. And. Well, that's the that's that, that's the end of my action. I I don't have anything else that I okay. can do. So for her turn, she did the she did the disengage. Let me roll an attack roll. That's high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this against? Yeah. You. Um, with her opposing hand, she just reaches to her belt and draws a dagger and throws it towards you. Um, with seven damage, where would you like it to stick in? Uh, three, actually. I'm raging. Oh, okay, nice. So three damage. Uh, uh, the same shoulder that was previously grazed by the mm-hmm. uh, by the arrow, she would probably maybe try to uh, attack an already weakened spot. Uh, but I barely notice. I like that. So yeah, she, as you see her draw the dagger and go to throw it, she looks you up and down and sees the wound on your shoulder and throws the dagger right into it. And it sticks in and she smiles. Like she kind of, she has like this look like, I got her now. And you just look angrier. Um, and that, let's say that causes her to step back out of your range. Um, when she realizes you're a little bit more threatening than you look. Um, next up in the order. Um, at this point, you hear um, some like metal pots and tools fall down on the ground, and you can see the halfling scurrying across the room to the back. He's heading to some kind of door, um, and he's like fumbling with keys in his hands and <laughs> trying to get the door open. Um, Riley, you're up. Um, and how far away is the lady? Say 10 feet. 10 feet with and you have Ioana between you and her okay um I'm going to can I see between Ioana's legs um you're short enough yeah I guess a little bit uh I okay if I go and go prone to like get a better angle just to be lower to look between her legs to look at the lady will that affect my ranged attack um, I'm gonna say the ranged attack, no, um, because you're kind of setting up an angle. I like this idea. Um, the downside yeah. is if someone goes to attack you, like in melee range, 
it's going to be an advantage. He's going to he's going to do that. So he's already okay. on one knee. So he's just yelling about his leg. He's going to get uh, lay down prone to get a better angle to see um, the woman, and he is going to cast Witch Bolt. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, roll me an attack roll. Ooh, it's a plus six to attack. Oh, and if you're prone, then the uh, crossbow people will have disadvantage on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a uh, twenty, not natural. It's fourteen Ooh, plus that six. Hits. And her armor class is pretty high. Um, so he's gonna, he's gonna just take fumble around in one of his pouches, take out a twig, and then he's like, oh, what the, what is this do again? And it's kind of burnt looking, and it's small. And then he just, he's getting frustrated because he can't really remember what it does. And so he'll break it. And when he snaps it, it Ooh. turns into electrical energy. And right between Joanna's legs goes right at the lady. Okay, so one thing I like to do with this spell, because there's a piece of it that is visually confusing. It's a bolt of lightning. Connect- the spell describes it as a bolt of lightning connecting you and your opponent. The downside mm. is, for some reason, it doesn't hurt anyone who gets in that path. So you can, I'm giving you a choice here. You can let it look like arcs of lightning because that's really cool. Or imagine like you just hit her with a blast of lightning and there's a static charge on her body that you can keep engaging with. Arcs of lightning right under Yolanda's legs. Okay, yeah, so you're holding these, I like the idea of you snapping the twig in both of those. And then it's basically just like my hands become enveloped in like lightning. Oh, I love that. Energy, and that's what it's just me connecting to her. Roll me damage. It's a d12, right? Nice. Yeah. Okay, it's this one. It's this one. Ooh, it's a six. Is it plus anything or just d12? No. It's just a d12. Uh, it looks like it's just d12. Well, then that is a six. Does this uh, end the charm? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you Absolutely. Get... Yeah. <laughs> um, and Riley is kind of amazed at it. Because he totally didn't realize that was going to happen. It worked. Yeah, it worked. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it does. <laughs> yeah, so this bolt of lightning is kind of engaging with her, and she lets out a, a howl that kind of echoes through the cavern, um, of, like the cavernous ceiling of this room. And next up in the order is the crossbow thugs. Ah! I hate those guys. I'm just rolling them all at once. Okay, so. In this ha- action, maybe it's the confusion among their boss. Five, eight, two, fantastic balls. Engage, disengage, engage, disengage. They just fire <laughs> bolts wildly, um, and they just sail through the room and don't ever don't hit anyone in particular. There's one or two that come close. Riley, you hear it whiz over your head. You don't see it, but you hear <laughs> as in your as it sticks into like a wooden post that's going up to the ceiling. Have you done enough damage to me? <laughs> um, next up in the order, we have Neil is going to quick pivot on his heel and sprint towards one of the other thugs with crossbows who are kind of hiding in shadows. Is he still on the right side, or did he come over to the left? Um, he's still on the right side uh, of okay. the room. Right now, they they these two or these three individuals are over by kind of like a large coal oven. That's kind of like dimly lit with heat. It was used earlier today, but it's not on now. And you hear Neil go, you sit. And he just <laughs> rears back and punches punches the person in the face. Oh God. <laughs> I love Neil. Um, Big old. 
and you just hear a crunch and you hear someone go, mm, oh my God. And then as, as Neil's turn and you hear him go, why are you not sitting? Because the thug is still standing up. Um, Zira, you're next in the order. Oh boy. Okay, so I look at, can I see where the lady ran to? She or? didn't run anywhere in particular. She just kind of stepped back a couple feet. Right now her back is up against the um, kind of the molten forge in the middle of this room. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you have made a terrible mistake, my friend. <laughs> I just realized what I I just realized what I did and let's see if it happens. Can <laughs> Okay, so I can see her. So I look at her and I ask her what her name is. Oh, okay, you're using your cool power that no one else knows about yet. Uh-huh. Okay, what um so describe to the audience what this ability does. So for I'll say this campaign, unlike Tales of Asperon, we're using more of the kind of unearthed arcana and homebrew content um, to kind of lean a little more into my DMA style. So we're not playing by the books entirely. Um, and would you like to describe what kind of wizard you are? So I dabble in the school of Onomancy, which is the, the class of, what is it? True names and summoning. Yeah. Yeah. So... so- Okay. Extract names, and they have to do a wisdom saving throw, and then I have a little bit of... I have a couple options here. Okay, um, I definitely roll below your save. I rolled a five. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, on a failed save, I now have charm over this person, and I'm going to use Bane on them. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Quick question. Your yes. extract name, is that an action, or is it like a free action or anything? Does it say? It's if a it, free action. Oh, cool. Okay, so if it doesn't say, I was just going to assume it was a free action. Um, so because you're invoking magic and you're kind of in in Asperon, true names are important. Um, they may not nec- they they are not always the name that you were given when you were born, but the name that resonates most truly with who you are. That can change throughout your life, but knowing that name can provide a semblance of power when wizards summon demons and eldritch abominations from planes beyond ours they rely on knowing the name to prevent them from being immediately murdered for summoning this kind of terrible entity from a place they can barely comprehend now because you're drawing on power like that what does it look like when you do this there's there's innate magic in you asking for her name so i look at her and then when i ask her what what her name is my hair kind of like stands up on end. It might have something to do with the electricity that Riley just did, but it's like standing all straight up. I don't know if you guys know what my character looks like, but I got like these, I don't want to say raggedy because that sounds bad, but like I got these kind of long dreadlocks um, and they're now sticking like in all different directions. Like when you touch the balloon to your head, Kind of okay, like yeah, yeah. Like those, um, have you ever seen the, the I, f- I forget what they're called, but it's like that electrical ball when you touch it, sometimes people's hair just kind of rises up around them. Yeah, 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 like that. Yeah, so as you say this, um, all of you kind of hear Zira's voice echo a little bit louder than it did a moment ago. There's a weird kind of resonance to it. And you see that her hair is now standing on end. And you, only Zira sees this. This woman's lips move like she's saying something, but no one else can hear it. And you hear the name Aurora Balea. 
And then you cast Bane on her, which requires a wisdom saving throw, I think. Yes. Because you know her name, can you cast... Do you have it with advantage? Does, is it, like, disadvantage or anything like that? Uh... I feel like that might be a thing. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any point in knowing her name. Okay, yeah, so here's... Let's just describe what it does. As a bonus action, you target a creature. They make a wisdom save. On a successful save, you, um, you know the magic failed. On a failed save, the target is charmed by you until the end of your next turn. Nice. And you mentally learn their name. Um, you can use this number of feature of this feature a number of times. Equal <laughs> wisdom modifier or intelligence Weird. modifier. Okay, so you can cast either of those spells without expending a spell slot if you speak um, the target's name as part of the casting. It has to be their true name. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it's an alias or something, that won't work. Um, That's cool. And you can cast the spell this way a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier. That is really cool. That's dope. So you have to speak the name out loud so we all hear it. Yeah, unless you like whisper it. But I feel like her hearing you say her full name is kind of Terrible. important. Yeah, so let's, I think, yeah, we should say that you would speak it out loud when you cast it. Um, okay. And as you, as you fail it the first time, I guess. What'd you say? I say, but it failed the first time. I don't have to try again. Well, no, yeah, you know her name now, but the, the Bane spell failed, but now you can cast it on her again for free. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And as you speak her full name, you see her eyes kind of go wide with a little, there's fear in it. Um, Better be scared. And we will end your turn with that. Ioana, what would you like to do? So all of you hear her name echo, this woman's name echo through the cavern coming out of Urzira's mouth. Can you, can you repeat the name? Because I, I'm not sure if I caught it correctly. Aurora Balea. Aurora. Oh, uh, there's an R between the O and the A? It's like Aurora, like Aurora Borealis. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Balea. Okay. Uh, well then, um, I would like to take the dagger that she threw at me and that's sticking out of my arm, pull it out, and try to grapple her and put the dagger to her neck are you still raging yes i am still raging so i'm gonna be rolling this grapple with advantage and i have high modifier to this (laughs) oh nice yes (sighs) i just gotta look up grapple you know just to simplify this because i always forget what the actual rules are we're just gonna roll a contested athletics check um i think that's how it works actually uh let me double check but uh... oh okay so that's what always confuses me because it says you make a special attack then yeah, but basically, but basically, when I do it, instead of rolling an attack, I roll an athletics yep. check. Okay. Uh, I'm just using my attack action to do it. That's the thing. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna roll. Her <laughs> Not high. Oh, that's a giggle. Uh. <laughs> well, it's a on the first die, it's a natural one. On the second die, it's a natural twenty. <laughs> Twenty-six, my friend. Okay. This. Okay. This is gonna be spooky. But I wanted to roll, I wanted you to roll and me to roll kind of at the same time. Um, and when I was rolling it, I accidentally dropped the dice on my lap. Guess what it was on the drop, which I didn't count. I re-rolled it again in my tray because I always roll it in the tray. When I dropped it on my <laughs> lap, it was a natural 20. When I rolled it in the tray, it was a natural one. Are you uh, kidding me? No. <laughs> That's amazing. I love this. The dice want you uh, to do this very much. <laughs> Yes, so basically I um, like I, I have to drop my sword to do this uh, because 
either a sword or a dagger. I can't, I can't use both of them. So the sword clanks to the ground. I tear the dagger out of my arm. I step towards her, uh, like grab her and uh, try to pin her arms so that she cannot move. Mm-hmm. And I put my dagger to her, uh, my dagger. It's not my dagger. I put <laughs> my dagger, my new dagger <laughs> to her. I mean, if you throw something at me and it sticks in my flesh, it belongs to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I put it to her throat and I uh, yell towards everybody else in the room, trying to kind of, kind of turning and pushing her towards the glowing embers of the forge. And I yell, Drop the fucking crossbows right now, or she dies. Okay, roll me an intimidation check with advantage. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, okay, that's good, that's good. Uh, 18. You've been SA20, I swear. I rolled, a, I rolled a 14, and the thugs don't have any charisma modifiers. So you here, in the, in the darkness on the right, well, it would be your right, which would be the left of the room. You hear a crossbow clatter to the ground and you see um, a woman step out of the shadows. Um, Human, kind of dark skin, um, short black hair. You can see she has a nose ring in and there's kind of like um, a bandana over her hair, kind of tied in a knot. Across her hips, you can see this kind of leather belt carrying the same kind of little black spheres you saw on this woman. Um, There's also, um, there's a, a, a small iron mace hanging from her belt and you can see now there's a heavy crossbow on the ground and this woman's hands are up and likewise you hear another crossbow clatter to the ground and then a third as did you guys see the roll what i just rolled roll 20. yeah why are you rolling i thought they're give, they're giving up as you hear the third hit the ground and clatter as you hear neil go that's what i thought and you hear another punch <laughs> And the crossbow lands on the ground, and this person goes, Stop, please! Oh, God! Good job, Neil. (laughs) And right now, it seems for the moment combat has stopped. You're holding this woman, um, dagger to her throat, with your back to this molten lava pit. And what would you like to do in this moment? She's struggling against you a little bit. I'm going to try and roll an escape. Headbutter. Okay, roll me... An athletics check. Uh, not so good. Twenty-one. What? Not so <laughs> good. Not I mean, so not good. as, as so good, good as a previous roll. Not as good as a previous roll. Okay, <laughs> that's what I meant. Not as good. Not not so good. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, how are you holding her in place? Um, I kind of uh, because I I'm assuming I'm bigger than her. Uh, I kind of want to uh, have one arm uh, around her, uh, like she's pressed against me, and I, I want to um, like pin her arms, make sure that she cannot reach for a weapon. Okay, um, so you still have the dagger up to her throat? Yes, yes I do. While you're holding her like this, you go to reach for one of her arms, or her other arm, because her one arm right now is attached to your wrist, tra- keeping mm-hmm. the knife just far enough from her neck. And as you reach for her other arm, you feel a quick stomp on one of your toes and you feel a crack. With your rage, you barely register it, but it's enough to throw you off balance. As in this moment, she takes the hand that you were reaching for, slips it up by her throat where the dagger is, grabs the blade and pushes it into your arm. And you feel that pain a little bit too. You take a point of damage. 
damn it. I rolled a 22. <laughs> and with that motion, she leans forward with all her weight, which is not something you expected. And you tumble over with her and you <gasps> land on the ground on your back. And then in that moment, she just rolls on her shoulder to get past you, gets up and starts sprinting out. She does you like a judo flip on you. <laughs> But when you said when you said she pushes you and throws you over, I was like, oh my god, the forge is right behind me. Oh well, no, you're you are very strong. She wouldn't do that because you're one clearly very strong, and there's a chance that you might reflexively squeeze her like a grape and take her with you, and that's not survivable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, yeah, she, yeah, like you said, not what you expected. You would have expected her to push you towards the pit, but instead, she throws off your weight leans forward and takes you forward with her and just rolls off of your body as you lose your okay. Um And she's sprinting towards the door. Um, Sem, or sorry, Zira, as she's passing you, you do get an attack of opportunity if you'd like to take it. Uh, yes, yes I would. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see, let's see. All right, I'm going to use Shadow Blade. I'm going to use Shadow Blade. Okay. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll allow it, because you'd have to cast the spell and then, like, attack with it, but I'll let you do it in um, the same action. Because it's it's cool. It's really cool. Because um, I, I, can I can hit her with something else. Um, hold on, let me check. I think there's actually a feat that allows you to do this called Warcaster. Yep. Yep, you're right. I just thought of it. Um, so you know what? As they're passing by, you think, oh, I'm going to hit her with a spell. And you start to prepare the spell. What spell is it? Catapult. Okay. What are you trying to catapult? <laughs> All right, so I see uh, a, a rock on the ground next to me. Mm -hmm. So I pick it up and I freaking chuck it at her. I'm it's really like a, good at it. It's like a chunk of iron ore. Um, so yes. as she passes by, you pick it up. Um, so one, you're not going to get the attack of opportunity. Mostly because in casting the spell, she's already out of your range. Like, she's already past you. You can't hit her. But what you can do is pick up the rock and cast the spell anyway. Um, so I need to roll a deck save. What's your DC? DC is... 13. Ooh, I just missed. Roll me that damage. Yes. Yes. <laughs> She's like, killer. Are you basically shooting a bullet? Because <laughs> you said it's a chunk of iron. Yeah, yeah. the metal that was laying on the ground. You're using catapult on it. Catapult on it. <laughs> okay, that's really... Oh, six. Oh, you cast a level two. Damn. You rolled low, but... I know. So seven bludgeoning damage. Um, What part of her do you want to hit? It's not a ton of damage. I'll tell you based on her maximum hit points, it's not a lot, but it might it's like enough to be noticeable. I wanna I wanna aim for like the thigh, like the freaking major artery right there on the inside. That's what I wanna aim for. Okay. Kill her. Um so you you what does it look like when you the how do you channel your magic to push this fault this hunk of like iron ore forward? Alright, so I pick up this this ore that I found on the ground and like you can see it's not electricity because it's purple, uh, but you can see like it start to glow in my hand mm -hmm. and then I throw it at her. Yeah, so as it leaves your hand, you hear a as it just it suddenly accelerates very quickly. Um, Freaking area. And it, it zips forward and hits her in the, the thigh as she's running and it actually knocks her off balance. She hits the ground and kind of goes into a roll. And as she comes out of the roll, you can see a brief limp for a moment before she gains her footing and just sprints out the door. Wait, can I use Missy Step to get in her way? Um, she's oh. more than 30 feet at this point. Quick question is, I still had Witch Bolt up? Uh, what's the range? Yeah, 30 feet, but I have the, uh, I have that 
beat what's it called uh spell sniper oh okay um and you then don't it have to roll an attack. yeah so what i'll have what i'll let you do is just roll me the damage yes. if you want to trigger it as she's running away question if, do a she, if if zira got an attack of opportunity because she was running away uh it means she did not disengage shouldn't i also get an attack of opportunity um as she was running away from me, from from being grappled by me. If you want to, yeah. Um, I kind of thought about it as like she suddenly flipped you on your back and took off. Okay. But... All right. Okay. 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 I mean, I I only have a dagger on me right now to attack her with, which means that it would not be a very effective attack anyway. Yeah, that that is a good point. Rules wise, you you probably should have gotten one. Aim for the other thigh. Yeah. Uh, five damage for that witch bolt. Okay. Man, you guys are like chipping away. Yes. Um. You hear a. Uh. You see a, a. What color is the lightning? Uh. I would have assumed it was yellow. Okay. So this you. You guys see a yellow light. Yeah. You see this yellow light zip from Riley's hands down the hallway and just it like pulses through. Um. And you hear her yell out from the other side of the from like the end of this hall. And then you see uh, a little bit of light being cast in as the door opens and she takes off into the streets. Let me chase her. If you want. Meanwhile, you also have three people in this room who have just actively surrendered. My leg hurts. Whose turn is it? Um, at, this, we... at this point, combat's up. Um, I'm going to roll a very, very quick insight check to see if any of those thugs are dumb enough to try and run right now. Do it. I freaking dare you. They are not. They rolled a collective three. I'm saying this while I am still on death's door. Yeah. I forgot that I have no hit point. It hurts. What would you all like to do right now? Mm-hmm. Let's just buy the stuff we need. Take these people. Um, I kind of, because my, my since uh, she ran away and I'm not attacking anybody right now, I, I, I'm assuming that my rage would fade. Yeah. Um, I think I would try to see uh, what's going on with the halfling blacksmith. Um, so as you look over your shoulder, you see that he is still fumbling with his keys. He has dropped them on the floor and he's cursing to himself and like picking them up and still trying to get it open. I am going to pick up my sword again. Uh, I'm keeping the dagger, uh, but I'm going to pick up my sword and I'm going to ask, uh, sir, should those people be allowed to leave your fine establishment or would you like us to keep keep them here? Um, I... I don't know if they showed up this morning. Um, I don't want them here, but I also don't want them to come back, so that, that's, that's a complicated question. How about we take them with us? See what the boss wants to do. Um, as you say uh, that... Oh, that one is very, very stupid. Um, <laughs> the one by Neil goes to sprint away, and you hear Neil go, Oh, no, you don't. And just grabs the person's ankle and pulls them down to the ground. Uh-huh. And he just kind of sits on his back. I was hoping oh, for a judo chop. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys. <laughs> and if you guys look over when he says that, he's trying, Riley is trying to inch out the 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 arrow but it hurts so much that he's like he can't can can, can, can someone help me don't pull it, it hurts out. keeping don't, the blood don't. inside yeah don't don't pull it out we'll, we'll take I, care of it. i don't know if you've noticed but there's a lot of blood on the outside too still yeah do you want there to be more 
Yeah, there's a lot more on the inside. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> it hurts. And he, he, he's genuinely like trying to like pull it, but it hurts. Uh, can I use mage armor on him just to give him some extra? <laughs> I mean, that'll protect him if somebody attacks it. Well, you can only cast that on yourself. Um, okay. No, it says a willing creature. Oh, yeah, you can cast mage armor on uh, somebody else. Damn, but I it only that. counts for attack, so yeah. I thought it would just like raise his, <laughs> his <laughs> health points. <laughs> this ship has sailed, my friend. It's fine. Uh, let's get what we need to get, um, and get out of here. Since we helped you out, can we get a little bit of a discount, Mr. Halfling, sir? First off, who who sent you here? I'm not sure if we should be having this conversation with our uh, crossbow-wielding friends around. Oh, that, that is a very good point. Um, Let's say that he's a friend. Uh, do you still have the gold on you? Uh, or do I have the gold? I think I had the gold. Yeah, I think Yona had. Is anyone near the other people right now? The two, the other two that have surrendered? Nope. I feel like I'm probably closest to the ones that are on the left, but not that close. Okay, um, so out of melee range. Yeah, I would be I would be staying close to Riley uh, to make sure he doesn't accidentally stab his liver by trying to remove the arrow. <laughs> it's in my leg, my thigh. Okay, so the moment you all start talking about paying this guy for things, do you hear very quick footsteps as the other two have booked it? They haven't even picked up their crossbows, but they're already running for the door. Ah, shit. Are they 30 feet away? Um, they have made it to the hallway. They're running down the hallway now. If you want to spend a spell to try and hit them, you can, but they, you'll probably get one off before they make it to the door and they escape. I want to use magic missile on them. Okay. Just pepper them. Uh, yeah. Roll me damage. There's two of them? Yep. Or five and a four. So nine damage. Um, well, you oh, get three oh, darts, so... I get three, so, th so three more, so 12. 12 damage. So the I guess the first two is going to hit the one in the back. Yeah. Any way I can hit them, like in their ankle bones, you know what I'm saying? Just like knock them out, lock them down. Um, neither of them have low enough health for it to do that. Um, but you have peppered them with more damage as they ran. Um, but then you hear very quickly too the door open, close or open, and they run off out of you. Um, you still have the one that Neil is sitting on. He's struggling to get out, but it's not working because again he's uh, built like a tiny little Tonka truck. Mr. Neil, perhaps you could secure this fine gentleman and we can have a... Is it a gentleman or is it a woman? It's, it's a gentleman. He's a little it's bit a older. Um, you can clearly tell that he has scars um, like upon his face just from in the light. Like he has a very, very light kind of gray beard and his hair is like specked with gray near the roots. Is this the same one that he's punched twice now? Mm-hmm. His <laughs> nose is also broken. Oh, God. Oh my God. Uh, maybe, maybe you can you can uh, make sure that that he is secure. We can have a conversation with him later, and we'll conclude our business uh, here. Uh, Neil, as you say this, Neil goes to stand up a little bit, and then he just intentionally plops down on the guy harder, and he goes, "He is secure." <laughs> <laughs> I like Neil. Uh, right, I missed playing uh, Neil so much. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Gillian, right? Um, yes, yes, that that uh, that is me. Can we go somewhere quiet and safe where we can have a conversation and perhaps remove the arrow from my friend before something terrible happens to him? Yeah, yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yes, we will step into my 
office. Excuse me, it's a mess. I usually don't have to bring clients back here, but come on. Um, and he pulls the door open after finally finding the key. And I pick up. I pick up Riley oh, and okay. carry carry Riley like like a bride through the door. Yes. <laughs> as you, oh, thank as you. you all step in his office, I'll give you all a moment to kind of discuss. Should I use uh, a frostbite on my leg? No. Oh, you're Just not a little kidding. bit. Oh, my friend, you're I will a little bit to to. <laughs> oh God! Stop the bleeding. There's a lot of blood. You're gonna be fine. It's you're fine. gonna be fine. Um, and I can even fix your uh, trousers after we remove the arrow. There will be no mark, no hole, no nothing. Like new. Don't worry. Oh, but my poor leg. It's no. fine. Well, I used a lot of spells. I only so, have one left. That was a. Uh, we barely did any damage. I don't like that. Should have picked a different character then. Because you know, last time, before when we fought those goblins, remember those guys? Oh, so, I kind of killed him, so just <laughs> trying not to do that. I can't, can't, uh, can't just hold back anymore, man. I think Ioana okay. carrying Riley through the doorway like a bride is a very funny spot to end the episode. <laughs> as Ioana carries a Riley in hand, consoling him as they enter Gillian's office, our view tears away from the hot, glowing forges and out the open door of the workshop. We quickly wind through the labyrinthine streets of the New Bismuth Undercity and settle on an opening to the docks. Here, we see Aurora Balea, the woman who just confronted our party. Standing at the corner, she looks back and forth, searching for her ship, the Shattered Herald. Though, for a brief moment, her expression changes from determined to wild and confused. Her breathing increases as she begins to look around the docks, back and forth, unsure of where she is or why she is even here. She turns heel to run back into the city, and her body stiffens against her will. Her shallow breathing stops altogether, and she begins gasping for air, fighting something terrible within. Then, in this moment of fear, her eyes become orbs of darkness, and a voice that is not her own quietly whispers into her mind. The panic expression quickly fades from her face, and her confidence returns. Confidence that was never her own. She turns towards the docks, and sprints towards the Shattered Herald, to complete the mission gifted to her and her captain by the Deep One itself the patron of the darkest depths of the sea. Hey there, listeners, and thanks for sticking around. I hope you're as excited as I am for things to come, because boy, does it get spicy. Our theme song, titled A New Hero in Town, was created by Kevin McLeod. We use his work a lot throughout our production, so check out Incomputech Music to find out more about what he does and how you can improve your own stuff using his amazing work. Our ambient tracks for this episode were created by Sword Coast Soundscapes, which you'll find linked in our episode description. I'll keep this one short and sweet. We'll be dropping episodes for this show during the off weeks of the main feed, so you can get double the Asperon in the same amount of time. Stay healthy, and see you next week.